0: everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, your host. Today, we're going to be talking with a very special guest. As you guys know, all my guests are very special to me because they have so much information that's so vitally important for us to know, and they are here to always share from their heart and to give to all of you to hopefully help you have a better day and help you on your path. To blissful living. So, my guest today is the author of Living Life as an Exclamation Point. And I actually like that title. It's going to be interesting to find out more about that. But what she's going to talk to us about is really basically the title of the show How to Live Blissfully. And she is just full of a wealth of information and is really excited to be here to share this with all of you. My guest today is named Remy and I'm going to probably mess up her last name, shall say, or shall, she will correct me in a minute. And um, Remy is just, just a vibrant, vibrant lady. And so in order for me to give you guys as much time, uh with Ramy and and allow you to get as much information as she wants to disseminate upon us. I'm just going to jump in and we're going to be- break the show up into a couple of segments. We're going to talk about blissfully living, what that means, um some some things that you can do to help you uh encounter more blissful living moments and um and then how to handle being around negativity and and things of that nature that can sometimes put a damper on our positivity and our status of living blissfully. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ramey to the show. Welcome, Ramey. How are you? Thank you, Rochelle. You know, a first
1: name basis is just fine with me. (laughs) I have a French name that just gets butchered everywhere I go. I'm kind of over it. (laughs) How do you properly pronounce
0: the last name?
1: It's chaussee. Oh. And if you've ever taken French, you know that chaussee means a uh, cobbler, a shoemaker,
0: uh-huh. and
1: chaussee is a dance step. And I think that just gives me the blissful right to dance through life and buy
0: a lot of shoes. I love that. <laughs> I have such a shoe fetish. So I knew we were, I told you we were these powerfully energetic, hot women. I knew that. <laughs> you like shoes, I love shoes. I used to say all over my dance class and I did friends way back when in sixth grade. So, um hey, we are just connected on more levels than one. <laughs> I I
1: don't know what's gonna happen when I'm you know, I'm already fifty four years old and one of these days I'm gonna be on orthopedic shoes and I and I just I just refuse. I'm like, how can we make orthopedic shoes with a little glitter <laughs> you know, a little something snazzier than
0: <laughs> I know. Those shoes, I'm already on a mission. Those shoes are just so dreadful looking. I, I, I look at, you know, people and, you know, I'm always in my heels and everything. And I look at people and I'm like, oh gosh, one of these days I'm going to have to transition to those shoes. I'm hoping it's like when I'm 99, then, you know, I can retire the pumps and the heels and, you know, go to those shoes. But, um, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Oprah always says there's no excuse for not being cute. So you know what I do? I I bounce on my rebounder every day, and it helps me keep um, my balance really strong. I know uh-huh. that's one thing that happens as, as you get older is your balance. So as long as I can get on that reba- rebounder, I can balance on my shoes. I am wearing the high heels, honey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you go, girl. You go. Yay. Okay, I love it. Well, so Remy, tell us a little bit. I you know, I always like to start the show and I think um with the with the guests telling the audience the listeners I always say audience, but with the guests telling the listeners a little bit about themselves because I think the best person to talk about yourself is yourself. And I could you know, I could build you up and say all these fabulous things, but the best is gonna come from you. So tell the listeners a little bit about you.
1: Well, I created this really cool program called the Get Unstuck Revolution, and it's for extraordinary women with big-ass dreams who are ridiculously unsatisfied with status quo. And what I found, and and here's how I got there, what I found was that feeling stuck in one of life's challenges is something that we all experience at one time or another, and it usually means that we're being invalidated in life or we've had a spiritual injury or sometimes there's a purpose or a why that we're missing in life, but how do we figure out what that is? And so my journey started one evening when I was out for a walk at dusk and I was walking through this little Victorian neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I look to my left, and there's this beautiful Victorian house, and the front door is wide open, and these little kids are playing in the front room in their underwear. And I'm thinking, well, it must be bath time. (laughs) And then over to the right, I see this pizza truck, this pizza delivery guy drive up, and he gets out carrying this pizza up on one shoulder. And I glance back to my left, and I hear these little kids suddenly start screaming, pizza, pizza, (laughs) and this one little kid comes tearing down the front sidewalk in his underwear, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, he is going to knock the pizza guy over, (laughs) and he runs up to the pizza guy. He's running circles around his waist, pizza, pizza, and the guy is balancing this pizza box, and I'm thinking, isn't that secretly how we all feel when the pizza comes, exclamation point? Yeah. And in that moment, I thought, oh, my God, who has been stealing my exclamation points lately? It was this... Moment of contrast in my life at dusk, watching the exhilaration of these little kids and thinking all my exclamation points have just fallen over dead that That's kind of how this whole thing got started.
0: Wow, I like that. I like the fact that um you have this invalidation thing that you you do and and it's a yeah. perfect segue just to move into that. So tell us yeah. what is invalidation. Well, what
1: what invalidation is, is it kind of sneaks up on you or sometimes it just totally blindsides you and it just steals all your exclamation points. And what happened for me was that I found myself in a religion, married to a minister, and I was betrayed. I went into this relationship bursting with this natural exuberance, living in what felt like hundreds of exclamation points. You know how it is in a new relationship.
0: right? But
1: over time, yeah, over time... I was realizing that my thoughts were being invalidated, my ideas, my motives, even my successes. And I came to this place where I realized that I didn't matter. And I ended up feeling just really kind of badly gutted, questioning everything, including my relationship with God. And I found that to be so devastating to just be shredded to the core, full of doubts about myself and my life, not knowing who to talk to, which way to turn. And I'm like... What happened? How did I get trapped in that right, and so that was kind of the inspiration to write this little book, and so the opening chapter is called "Overcoming Invalidation" because that was my biggest challenge
0: wow and so
1: so, so what
0: happened? yeah, tell us more
1: so what happens here's Here's how you know that you're being invalidated. It's when somebody is ignoring your needs, they refuse to believe you, they won't let you have a voice or they simply just tell you outright that you don't matter in, the, in their own words. But whatever they're saying to you, whether it's the actual specific words or, you know, or hidden or hidden agenda, you end up feeling discredited and crippled like you don't exist. But I've noticed in my research it also happens when you suffer a spiritual injury of some kind. So right. you may be walking around highly functional, but you have this really dark sadness inside. You have this kind of place of quiet desperation where you're shattered, Right. and you end up, Feeling
0: trapped, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, explain to us because I I, I love this, um, and I know there's a lot of people out there dealing with invalidation. They don't even know that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you talk about spiritual injury, and you know, in our our society today, there's so much going on. There's just you know, there's just I yeah. I like to say toxic garbage. It's not just garbage; it's mm-hmm. toxic garbage that invades our mm-hmm. our every Every core being, you know, every aspect of us, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, just all kinds of things, and we and we don't even know it's happening. Tell us what? How do you define spiritual injury?
1: Spiritual injury to me is an invalidation or betrayal that shatters you all the way down to your soul, all the way down. And I posted this question on my media media page, my social media page one time. Have you ever felt betrayed by a minister, your church or God himself? and I got over two hundred responses in probably a matter of just a couple of hours. Wow, <laughs> amazing And what I learned is or, or what the common theme was um, is it isn't the religion, the church, or god himself it's usually the people right. within that community that create that spiritual injury, and that's kind of what was happening to me so for me, when you are at a place where you realize, well, I didn't realize that this was invalidation. Some people call it abuse. Right. Yes. But sometimes it's more subtle, and so we kind of uh, make excuses for it or we try to justify it somehow. For me, oh, my God, I can't be angry at the church. I can't be angry at my husband. He's a minister.
0: Right. You know, That's
1: not okay, and so we make these little justifications. So it really kind of starts with finding out who you are and what you stand for. So I usually start with the question, what do you believe in? And make a list of 10 things that you believe in. For instance, if I were going to ask you, Rochelle, what do you believe in? What would be the first three or four things that come to mind?
0: Well, definitely I believe in God. I believe in myself and and what I'm Mm -hmm. capable of doing and achieving. You know, pretty much beyond that of believing in God and myself, those are things I'm really, really sure about. I'm very confident about them. But I can't really...
1: Those are the two most common answers I get, actually. Yeah,
0: because, you know, but beyond that, everything else is out of my control. So for me, Mm -hmm. I can't believe... I mean, you know, I can have faith and hope and wish and dream and all that stuff. But in reality, beyond God and myself... I can't really believe in anything because yeah. it has to be proven to me so to speak. So
1: Yeah. So I hear things like, Well, I know the sun will come up tomorrow. I know there's a season for everything. I know I always get what I need. Maybe not always what I want but what I need. I mean I hear a lot of those kinds of answers. I, I hear your answer too. We don't have any control over the over what happens physically. How do we know the sun's gonna come up tomorrow? Right. Right. But most of us have about eight or ten beliefs, and what I began to realize was society is kind of putting a lot of emphasis on limiting beliefs these days. Right. But there's not a lot of emphasis on the positive beliefs, and if you just ask yourself, well, what do I believe in, usually those first few answers that come out of your mouth, out of your heart, they are positive beliefs. Right. Right. And so when you're feeling invalidated or when you have a spiritual injury, if you have those ten beliefs posted to your wall, those things that you really do inherently believe in, they can usually help you come out of any challenge you have. So what we do is we tend to focus on what's wrong instead of what's (coughs) right.
0: That's true. I don't know why that happens, you know. um, I wish wish it was the other way around that we focused on the positive and not the negative. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think the negative – vibe or attra- um, magnetism has a much stronger pull because we tend to not want to believe the positive but we always mm-hmm. believe the negative and if somehow if that could be reversed and switched mm-hmm. up I think we would have a lot less spiritual injury as well as mm-hmm. you know trauma that leads to stresses in our life that of course you know manifest in illness and disease I mean um yeah. it, it's just amazing how you know people are drawn to the negativity. I guess that's why in the media you don't see any positive things. You don't hear about any positive things. You know, you hear about the negative stuff, and they have oodles and oodles of people watching or tuning in to hear all this negativity. And for me, I can't do that. I have to shut that off. I have to shut that out of my life because I want to focus on the positive. And I think what you feed into yourself, you also express as well. So my whole goal is to feed as much positivity and positive information into me so that I express myself in a positive manner. I've been on the other side where, you know, Mm -hmm. I've
1: Mm
0: -hmm. not necessarily – well, maybe I have, you know, filled my life with watching negative things and hearing negative things and seeing negative things and then wondering why I'm such a negative person, quote, unquote, as I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but that infamous B word that rhymes with which – um you know, it it's it, it's amazing. But for me when I switched it around and really tried to focus on positives, especially when I worked in the ER trauma, um, you know, there's a lot of negative stuff. It's a lot of negative. It's a lot of sadness and, and, but what I would try to do is just always try to find the positive things. If we had a patient that didn't make it during the code, well then, okay, we looked at, I would look at how, how well did we run the code? Did we do the best we possibly did for this person? My, my ultimate thing is, you know, God's in charge of all of us, so apparently he allowed us to do as best we could for this person, but in reality, if we really look at it spiritually, it probably was this person's time to go, and it was just, we were just helping this person transition over. So, well, I mean, you're, you're really
1: there because, I mean, that, that pull that we feel feel is a pull to always do the best we can, and in doing the best we can, we have to look at, well, what, what did I do wrong so that we can course correct?
0: Right. Right. I mean
1: that's what we want to do. We want to course correct and do better the next time.
0: Yeah. And I and I I think it's always a continual journey. You know, we're always going to course correct. Even like working in the ER, there were things that would go wrong. You know, no one else would really know about it and they would be little subtle things, but then we we discussed if You'd have a debriefing as you know, maybe you could have got that third IV line in faster uh placed it in another site or whatever the case may be. Um yeah. It, it was always a matter of Course correcting so that the next time you have a better outcome or you do better, and I and I love that because um, that just keeps us on a real positive path instead of traveling down that negative road to nowhere.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk about that pull that that you talked about as well, you know, because I found that whenever we're at a crossroads, like do I go this way or this way or should I have done this or should I have done that, sometimes we look behind us. But we come to this fork in the road, and I think that the reason people get hung up right there in in what to do and why those negative beliefs can sometimes pull us back is because maybe we haven't identified our objective yet. Uh Now, you talk about in the ER always wanting to have the best outcome, so you have a very clear objective there. But sometimes we're in life and we don't have a clear objective. Right. So I really would love to open up the conversation about purpose, because when you know what your purpose is and your passion is, when you're at a crossroads, you always choose in favor of that. Right. And if you haven't taken the time to identify that, you won't know which way to go, and that's where we end up getting beat up with all these life lessons, right? Right.
0: We want right. a blissful
1: path, but which one is the right path, right?
0: Right. And, and it's perfect because we can move right into purpose. I mean, I know yeah. – um gonna tie all this and I'm gonna audience listeners, everyone, we're going to tie all this in to we're gonna tie it all in so that you understand how this plays yeah. into having a blissful life and living blissfully. Okay. Um so just bear with us because it's a lot of good information. It's food for thought. This is a really thought provoking um conversation that me and Rami is have are gonna have and it's really food for thought. And I it's always good for us to take time of the regular everyday regimented stuff, and really get some really good food for us to to that nurtures us and and helps us to grow and helps us to be more positive in our daily living so with that yeah, Remy, exactly.
1: how much more bliss could we have than living our
0: purpose right <laughs> so perfect segue into tell us about that tell us about living your purpose and living passionately and 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 leading yourself to the road to bliss.
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm a researcher because I'm an author. I research everything. Uh, And what I discovered was 35 million Americans say their number one fear in life is not knowing their purpose or knowing it, but not knowing how to fulfill it. So I believe that we all have at least one true passion in life. But more than that, we have this purpose for being here. But so many people, they just don't know what it is. I don't believe we're on this earth to struggle or even just survive. We were given this one strength, and that uniqueness, that strength, is our purpose. And and people tend to look at purpose. Is it a doingness? What am I supposed to do with my life? When in reality, it's a beingness. Who am I supposed to be? So you look at that one strength that you have, because, honey, God don't want you playing small,
0: right? right.
1: (laughs) So so you look to your strength. You look to your beingness. It has very little to do with doing this. So we want to play to that strength. So you ask yourself, what is our strength? And see, there's that pull again towards that blissful life. What is it that puts the most bliss into your life?
0: I love that. I love it. It it is true. You know, um, I mean, when I was young, I, I did a lot of things. I've had a, you know... I always say I've done a lot of things so that I could be the person that I am today and all those things that I did was you know, all gathering the experience, the information and the wherewithal so that I could actually live my purpose, be my purpose and fulfill my purpose so that I can, you know, rise to the level that I was meant to rise to during this lifetime. Um mm-hmm. it, and you just honed in on a couple of things and I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well we're we're really talking about being first versus doing this and what is your greatest strength.
0: Oh, oh and yes, and so with that, you know, um when I was working in the ER, you know, I just it you know, a lot of times it was just a job to me. I mean I love, you know, doing like yeah. taking care of my patients and all that, but didn't really think that was my purpose and the reason I didn't think it was my purpose was because I didn't really know. I didn't really know about that. I mean I was young, so I really didn't know about purpose, finding your purpose and all that. But I knew I was good at it. And I knew that I I was, I knew I excelled very well. I, I know that I am an exceptional, and, I, and I'm I'm tooting my own horn here, but I'm mm-hmm. I, I an exceptionally brilliantly talented nurse, okay? I well, have,
1: what was it that made you feel exceptional?
0: So it, I have this gift of intuition. I mean, I have a couple gifts, but the one thing that helped me excel in the ER was I didn't need to think to do something. I didn't need to mm-hmm. think it was automatic to me as if breathing so I was very intuitive very 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 and I and I just was my connection to God and so um because I didn't need to think and I was intuitive I you know I must say I did save a lot of my patients lives or I would lead the doctor on the correct path a lot mm-hmm. of times in medicine it's a guessing game it's science yeah. so this they try that a lot of things manifest in the beginning they look all the same but i would lead my doctors down a path i'd be like oh no i think it's this or i think you should order these labs or i think you should do this test and 100 of the time i was right and they would always come back and say you should be a nurse i mean you're should- wasting your time as a nurse you should go back to school and become a physician but that wasn't what i wanted to do i didn't feel like that was my purpose or my path right i just knew that me being a good nurse and being what i was Where I was at when I was supposed to be there was what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't until later, as I got a little older, that I started thinking, well, there's something behind this. Why am I so good at this? And why am I so intuitive? And how come I have this vision where I can look at people and tell if they have a terminal illness or tell if they're really, really sick? And they may be presenting looking as fine and dandy as you and I are today, but I have this gift. And I say it's a gift. People might say it's a curse, but I say it's a gift because... I I just, I'm just, you know, it's just something that's been bestowed upon me. So I've taken that and figured out, well, okay, this is my path. This is my purpose. My purpose is to educate people about how to live healthy and well. And so, um, you know, sometimes the way your purpose manifests in your life, it's not always clear cut to you, but eventually you get but and when you find that when you find it it is so peaceful and it's so calming and so relaxing you get this sense of ah that you know you've hit the spot the the sweet spot as they say in sports and you just cruise on now life isn't always going to be blissful like I, like we said earlier you're going to have to always you know do a little course correcting and things of that nature but when you know that path to bliss when you know what it feels like to be bliss in bliss and living blissfully, then it's so much easier to get back on that road.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's just a matter of following the breadcrumbs. I have so many people who want all the answers in the next seven seconds, that sometimes you have to just follow the little breadcrumbs that are laid out in front of you.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, you're right. We are living in a society today where we want immediate gratification, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Even with health Tell people it's like you didn't immediately develop this disease. You didn't immediately get this illness. It was a path. It was a journey. It was you traveled a long road to get to where you are today. However, Mm -hmm. you know, you can quite possibly get back to the other road, the other side of the road, the more positive road. But it's gonna take time and so you shouldn't expect things to happen overnight because you didn't get this way overnight, and and sometimes that puts people at ease because you know we do have this expectation of, I want it immediately, and if that's not really reality,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that long road to toward disease or toward your life falling apart or you know you know whatever it is that brought you to where you are today, there have probably been so many signs along the way that you ignored those little breadcrumbs were being laid out in front of you, and you just stepped right over them,
0: you know. Exactly. And yeah. the girls got you, yeah. so now you can't find your way back.
1: <laughs> now you can't find your way back, yeah. <laughs> so let's so let's talk about one technique to find our way back. What do you
0: think about that? Hold on. I'm just going to move into, um, into that. Tell us. Give us some techniques. Yeah. My favorite,
1: my favorite technique of all time is to find the positive. And that may sound overly simplistic, but I know you get it. Yeah. And so what I tell people is whatever challenge you're faced with right now, whether it's a disease, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, change in career, whatever it might be, look for one positive thing about it. And if you can find one, you can find five. If you can find five, you can find ten positive things about that challenge. And if you can find ten, you can find twenty. And what often happens with people is they'll get unstuck or they'll find the right solution or the right perspective, usually around number 18 but definitely right. before they get to 20.
0: Right.
1: Now, I had a guy call me one time and, to challenge me, and he said, you know, I used to make $300,000 a year. I lost my job. I've been out of work for four months now, and I finally did get a job again, which is good, but it's for half the pay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm just having a lot of trouble getting, getting, that, getting my bliss back on. hmm Getting his bliss when back, him, here. <laughs> <laughs> When I asked him th- this question, find one positive thing, he said, well, you know, I did get four months to spend with my family that I otherwise wouldn't have had, and my kids were saying, oh, well, Daddy showed up for dinner, but he's got his Blackberry open, so he's kind of checked out. Right. And he said, I was able to spend four months with my kids as a four-month vacation. I still put an hour, two hours a day putting out resumes, but we spent a a four-month vacation. And he said, I really didn't realize it, but my, my, my wife wanted to go back to work. She was tired of not working and, and just being a homemaker. She wanted to do something purposeful and blissful in life. So right. that was kind of a good thing. And then he said, well, you know, even though it's half my income, I can feed my family on $150,000 a year. Easy.
0: Okay. Right, <laughs> so right. So
1: it didn't take very long before he really started changing his perspective.
0: You know, that's, that's great information for people to hear because I know a lot of people are out there stressed to the max and feeling yeah. overwhelmed with, you know, they may have lost their job or they're, you know, been out of work for a period of time and they can't find a job or they found a job but it doesn't pay the salary that they were making. And, and I know a lot of people out there can really relate to this and, and take it home, home to their heart. And I, and I do say, look at, just like you say, look at What's what's positive? Okay, you know you you're not making three hundred and fifty thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars a year, but you have a job. You know, mm-hmm. you you may be on the verge of losing your house to foreclosure, but it hasn't happened yet. There's still there's you still have a, a
1: moment to realign your values and find exactly. out what's important in life. Exactly. And so And look, I'm I'm not saying that. You know, the seven-second rule, we're not going to solve everything in seven seconds. Sometimes things happen that you're not going to resolve quickly. There's a timeline involved sometimes. But you start with just one, just one positive thing. That's where you start.
0: Right, right. Now, how do you – how, you know, with all the negative – I mean, there's a lot – I don't want the listeners to think we're just focused on negative or all we see is negative people or negative energy because there's a lot out there, but there's also a lot of positive. You know, there is a lot of positive um, energy and there's a lot of positive people. And I always say try to align yourself with those that are positive and more positive things will happen in your life and in your day. If you align yourself with those that are negative and complaining, well, guess what? More of that's (laughs) going to happen in your life and in your day as well. How do you stay positive around negative people?
1: You know, it's so funny. I'm laughing because I went to um, I went to get a little um, a little coffee drink yesterday, Uh and I was driving down the road, and this and this woman in this big SUV. You know, it's the classic "she cut me off" story. Right. And I remember screaming in the in the moment, "Are you out of your mind, you moron!" I'm screaming at this woman, right? (laughs) And all of a sudden, I had to stop and say, "Okay, find one positive thing." Even I have to use my own mantra. Find one positive thing. Well, that's not me. I'm not living my life that way, running around cutting people off and being right here, racing everywhere I go, stomping over people. I'm so blessed that that's not me living my life that way. So even I have to start with one positive thing. What, you know, Michelle, is probably the most common question I get is how do you stay positive around negative people?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: kind of surprised how often I, I still get that question, even after years of positive thinking training that we've had out in the world. Um, but this little conversation is about anger. Um, This has been a challenge that I've had for a lot of my life, and it really came to a head with this most recent um, experience of the minister in the church and how can you be angry at God? That's not right. So I found myself stuffing anger down. Right. And it was interesting how much that piece of the conversation plays into purpose and being positive and living your bliss and all these other things. Anger really comes into the conversation quite often. And what I found is that when you get angry over the littlest thing, even on your way to get coffee, <laughs> you leak your power. Right. You leak your power. Every time you get angry, frustrated, when you struggle with doubts, even when you go to that place where you feel like you're withering inside or where you start biting at others, all those little bitty negative things leak your power. Right. So ask yourself, when I get angry, when I start complaining, when I look at what's wrong instead of what's right do any of these negative emotions serve me? Or if somebody is negative around me and I engage in that conversation, does that serve me? And, of course, the answer is no, because all of that, you lose your power. Here's an interesting truth about anger that I learned that is just fascinating. Even anger has its own purpose,
0: mm-hmm. and that is
1: to create distance. Think about it. Anger will distance you from people and from those things that you want to create. Right anger will distance you from finding your purpose, finding your bliss, finding the positive thing in a situation. So even anger creates distance, and I find that just fascinating.
0: Yeah. It it's it's very it's very interesting. I mean, um <clears throat> as we say in my discipline that I practice ayurveda that um anger is fire, it's a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um this is probably about 12 years ago i i i typically am the person or was the person that would just you know go from 0 to 100,000 like that right mm-hmm. um just you know and I always, and I've been like that since I was a kid. And so I'd always yeah, say, well, I'm too. not going to have high blood pressure when I grow up because I don't keep it in. I don't suppress it down. It's once I release it, it it's gone. <laughs> it's out there. The problem was that I wasn't like appropriately releasing it, meaning I like yeah. would just really cut into someone's heart. Didn't really. And you know, I still have a little issue with that right now, you know, today, but you know, didn't really care how the person felt, didn't care how I delivered it. it you know, it's just like you shouldn't have put me in that spot where I got so angry. But I read this book about 12 years ago, and um, it's called Anger, and it's by the gentleman, the monk, then Nat, um, oh, I I can't think. Anyways, he's a Buddhist monk, and, and you can find the book. It's called Anger. And what I discovered in reading that book, it was almost like, you know, this divine God is talking to me through this book. I mean, it was just like, oh, my gosh, I was underlining things in the book. But the bottom line for me was I found that I got angry when I had no control over the situation, the outcome, the person, the event, the whatever. And what I discovered was that since I was a little child, I had always been put in in situations where I had to take control of things. So when Mm -hmm. I found myself at a crossroads where I didn't have control and I knew I was not in control and and that fear or feeling of losing control, well, guess what I did? I lost control and I became angry. Mm-hmm. And that was really eye-opening to me because I didn't want to be that way and I did want to, you know, be known as the little bee that rhymed with witch um, mm-hmm. all the time. But that's really how it was coming across to everybody. And, and it was just not a good feeling. It, you know, it really, really was taking me completely opposite of the path of bliss. And so when you mention that and, you know, how you, like, get cut off and, and the traffic and all that stuff, I used to be like, oh, my God, you stupid idiot. Oh, oh. You know, and yeah. think <laughs> you want to chase them down and start a fight. <laughs> that's how I was, right? But then what I started realizing was there's a reason why this person cut me off. There's a reason yeah. why I. Where I'm, where I'm at today, behind this big SUV. There's a reason for everything, and if I mess with the full reasoning, then I might, then something detrimental might happen to me. So what I started doing was, you know, taking things and stride and and saying, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be here because I'm supposed to be there. Versus, I've had experience where I've tried to force something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm supposed to be there at that time or that place, and it was detrimental. I mean, just horrible. Mm -hmm. So I I became comfortable with that, and I think that probably was when I began to, you know, when I began my journey down my path to bliss because it was the recognition of, hmm, tying the the lack of control with the anger, the negativity, and just realizing I didn't want to be in that state anymore. Mm -hmm. And so... um, it, it, it's powerful. So tell us some more about how we can really stay positive. Because you know, um, when you're surrounded by a lot of different negative entities, they come at you in different ways. Whether it's the lady cutting you off in the big SUV, or you know, the you know, the guy um, you know harassing you at the grocery store, or whatever the case may be. T- give us some more about how we can um, truly stay in our bliss or positivity. Yeah. Negativity, negative people that might well, I'll, encounter.
1: I'll tell you what changed my life, and you know. And the, by the way, the other half of this conversation is anger unexpressed becomes depression. So, I mean, there are two sides of it. The way people may be experiencing anger. I'm I'm the person through my whole life who said I don't get angry. I'm not an angry person. I remember in my 20s I was going to see a psychotherapist for anxiety attacks and she was really challenging me on this anger issue and I'm like, why would I sit here and waste my time being angry at someone? It doesn't matter. But you stuff that down and it it absolutely can turn into um, depression. Right. And that's why I love the conversation about invalidation because when someone's invalidating you and you discount it, you could be pulling that anger back inwards.
0: Right. You know what
1: I mean? So I really, I want to have this conversation about the soul self versus the angry ego self, because this is really where we leak, leak our power. Right. And for all the listeners, and, and for you too, Rochelle, if you want to grab a piece of note paper, I'm going to walk you through a quick exercise that I, I'll bet you'll never forget until the wait, day you die. Wait a minute.
0: Hold on. Okay, so listeners, mm-hmm. this is golden. If you are driving, <laughs> if you are on your computer, if you are hollering at your kids, if you're cooking dinner, whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing, stop Grab a piece of paper, because this is some golden information. You know, people pay Ramey big bucks to get this information, and she's giving I'm it to you. us. And she's giving it to us for free. So stop what you're doing. Grab a pen, some paper, and go for it, Ramey. I got my pen and paper handy. Go. And if you and if you
1: can't stop, you can draw this little stick figure in your mind. I, I planned it that way because I'm often driving when I listen to things, or I'm on the treadmill. So if you draw a little stick figure of a person uh and on a piece of paper and then draw a big circle around that person and of course that person is you Uh uh-huh so a little stick figure on a piece of paper and a big circle around it that big circle around that stick figure is your soul and obviously your soul is so big that it can't be inside your physical body especially not inside your stick figure right (laughs) so your soul is much bigger than you are you are if your soul were inside your body your body would probably implode because we have that much energy you with me so far Yes. And then somewhere else on that piece of paper, draw another stick figure, and that's going to be the little you. So we've got the big you, the soul self, and the little you, which is the ego self, right? Now, when you're inside your soul or you're somewhere near your soul, you could be anywhere around that big circle. We just know that we're talking about your soul self. That part of you has qualities such as clarity, wisdom, compassion, gratitude, inspiration, and a reverence for you, yourself, life, a reverence for everything around you, that respect and that reverence, that honor. Mm-hmm. That's you as your soul self or your spiritual self. Now, the little you over on the other, other side of the piece of paper, that's the part of you that has anger, blame, a victim mentality, superiority, superiority, I have trouble with that word. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Right? greed, um, all those those negative emotions where you go the effect of the things around you like somebody cutting you off. Right. That's the little you. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you want to draw a line between your soul self and your ego self, and it's a tension line, like a rubber band that has tension, you'll notice that you can stretch away from the soul. Or you can can stretch or retract that towards yourself. And if you stretch away from yourself far enough, that tension line could snap, right? Right. That's where we get people who are like serial killers. Oh. They snap away from their soul, right? But that is a tension line, and it's always trying to pull you back. So we have these little experiences in life that test us, like the woman in the SUV, to ask us, are we going to stretch away from our soul self, our spiritual self, or are we going to retract back and take on these qualities of gratitude, compassion, reverence? And if we were to give that tension line a name, it would be called responsibility.
0: Oh. Anytime
1: we stretch away from our soul, we're being irresponsible. When we'll well, we go into anger, blame, victim, resentment, any of that, we are uh-huh. being irresponsible. The most responsible we can be is to retract back and live in purpose, live as our blissful self, live as our spiritual self, seated in gratitude, compassion, and a reverence for ourselves. Now the thing is, if you have anger, or if you ignore your anger, uh-huh. or if you allow somebody else to invalidate you, you stretch away from your soul, right? Right. And when I heard this theory, it made so much sense to me, and it was the thing that finally allowed me to let go of negative people and let go of my own negativity. Because the truth is, we have to learn this lesson, whether it's this lifetime time or the next one or the next one or the next one, we will learn this lesson. So why not learn it now? Right. And when I heard that, I'm like, it was one of those oh, duh moments.
0: Like, ah, hallelujah! <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> So this is why I practice start with one positive thing. This is why I practice to not leak my power and not waste my time on anger. This is why I practice whenever I'm at a fork in the road, always choose my bliss. Choose to live in purpose. Choose to live as my soul self because I'm going to have to learn it anyway. I may as well get it now.
0: Right, right. I like that. I really like that. It, I like the visual of it because as, as you're talking and I'm drawing and, you know, my little stick figure of me and then my ego and then the, you know, the little negative, uh, um, I mean, the soul and then the little negative stick figure that was, you know, total ego self. And I like that how you, you know, give the visualization of the, the tension, and pulling that and, and, you know, relating it to the far extreme of the serial killer where they've completely, their line is completely snapped. You know, they can't even retract yeah. back. It's broken. No. Um, to yeah. someone like you and I who, you know, can utilize this process every day to keep ourselves on the path that we want to be on, which is, you know, the path to bliss. And, um, yeah. It's, it's because you're hearing it, you know, some people need to hear it, see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, all that, you know, they need to, <laughs> five senses. But because we're hearing it from you, we're listening, we, we can see it because you can get the visualization. The next time something happens in someone's life, you know, today, because it's going to be so fresh that, um, they'll get that visualization of, wow, I'm pulling from myself, I'm pulling from my soul. Is that where I want to go? Is that where I want to do? Let me course correct, get back close to where I want to be. And um yeah. and, I, and I, I love that. That's that's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
1: And, uh, and just when you think that you've learned a life a life lesson, I'll give you an example. When I was in my I wasn't even twenty years old yet I dated a drug addict and an alcoholic. Uh-huh. I never had that in my family, so I didn't know what it was. And it was a rough four years dating somebody who's an addict, really right. rough. But I came out of it with a new policy, and I said, I'll never do that again. And I never did. But do you ever have a situation in life where you say, okay, I've learned that lesson. I'll never do it again. And, and I'll be gummed if that same lesson doesn't come along again.
0: Yeah. Have
1: you ever had that experience? Oh, and yeah. And that's what this is. Yes, it's it's telling you, okay, here's another opportunity to choose your soul self or your spiritual self. It's just an opportunity. That's all it is. Right. You can say yes to it or you can say no to it.
0: Right. Right. And, and I guarantee... I thought, you. wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get the lesson anyway. I may as well get the lesson right now and choose yes to have reverence for myself enough not to get into that situation.
0: Right. Because that lesson yeah. will keep repeating itself, from repeating itself and repeating itself and so repeating itself until yeah. you get it. And it doesn't <laughs> it shows up differently every time. But the bottom line yeah. is it's the same lesson. We just you know, we don't see it. And then afterwards like, Well dang, I just went through this. How come I'm it's happening again? Well because you didn't get it the first time or the twenty first time or the hundred and first time, right? You
1: thought you got it. But either either something deep inside of you because you remember, when, when your soul gets shattered, it happens in, at a very deep level. So either there's a part of you that knows you didn't get it, you were faking your way through it. Right. Or some little angel is helping you out.
0: <laughs> right. And I would like to, I, and, and because I have such a tremendous love for the angels and of course you know this is this is not a religious show or anything like that no. but it is is spiritual in contact. i love the angels they have been um confidants with me on my journey for a long time i communicate with them you know all that good stuff and so i like to think that it's the little angel, one of my guardian angels, or you know, one of the angels that are supposed to help me out today, pulling that tug and pulling my ear like the Catholic school teachers used to do back in the early seventies. <laughs> Remember that, or slam that thirt, that yardstick yeah. on your desk to get you to pay attention. Yeah.
1: Well, the angel A little reminder, little no attention. Yeah, angel- can I tell you
0: something that you will
1: love?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's always like, okay, pay attention, Rochelle. This is my gentle, yeah. my gentle tug of love and. A gentle nudge it's just um it's just just amazing um how that can have such a you know such an effect on our lives so Remy,
1: can i tell you something that you'll love yeah i don't know if you've ever read tom moore's book it's called A gentle way
0: no i haven't
1: he's an angel expert and he told me that he uses this technique called uh most benevolent outcome is what he named it uh-huh um he says we all have at least one guardian angel and, and oftentimes more, and so there's this entire network of guardian angels around us at all times, which uh-huh. is really cool mhm uh-huh. and so whenever we're at at um in a situation where we want to ask for help, we ask for dear angels, I bless you and thank you for the most benevolent outcome for this situation Mhm. Uh-huh. Always ask for the most benevolent outcome. You don't ask for the closest parking space because that might be the one where somebody dings your car. You ask for the most benevolent outcome. Right. And it's so funny because I was sitting with my girlfriend, Amy. We met We met for lunch one day, and I was telling her about this. And I told her, in fact, when I drove up and parked my car, I said, Dear Angels, I'm asking for the most benevolent outcome for today's lunch. No sooner did I speak those words to her The manager of the restaurant walked around with a tray of desserts and said, may I ask you, may I offer you a free dessert today? But anyway, his point was we have this network of angels that when we make a request, they're all very anxious to get into their network, and my angels talk to your angels, talk to somebody else's angels, and they network and create this benevolent outcome. I thought that was so adorable.
0: That is so true because I have – we're totally off track, but I have utilized that um, when I first – had this experience with the angels. It was it was really, you know, during a really down time and and stuff. And someone I knew introduced me to the angels. I mean, I had always felt their presence and always been connected to them, but didn't know you could reach out and touch them. But long story short, so I asked for this benevolent outcome, right? Like whenever I'm going to some mall or somewhere to buy some shoes, um, I'm always looking for the best parking spot, right? And no sooner, as I asked for angelic help, bam, yeah. I'll get the parking. It'll be right in the front or two two or three spaces. But it it never, yeah. ever fails. And so I think, I I truly think that there are angels up there that like yeah. shoes, too.
1: Yeah, but here's the rule. You have to thank them. You have to bless oh, them and thank them. Oh, most And you can definitely. talk to other people's angels, too. I was reading a story about a guy who wanted to buy a, a commercial building, and so he said, um, dear angels of the owner of the building at 123 Bank Street. You know, so he would ask uh, he would ask for help from their angels as well <laughs>
0: uh-huh, uh-huh, I love it. love
1: they have me. to bless them and thank
0: them. they like to be blessed, <laughs> oh my goodness, and they do they love to help they, and but you do have yeah. to thank them because they you've got to show the appreciation and gratitude um for the blessings that get bestowed upon us on a daily basis, actually, on a minute sure. basis, we just don't realize it, but okay, I'm getting back on track now because we're gonna be our time is coming up so short, but how do you how do you choose the right path when you aren't? You know, when you aren't even sure which path to take, how do you? Way to go. Yeah.
1: Well, when you when you come to a fork in the road, one direction could be a life lesson that totally knocks you down, like we just talked about, or it could end up being your own personalized path to wealth or to bliss or to you know, benevolent outcomes. So, how do you choose the right path that will truly lead you to your life's purpose and making a difference on the planet and bringing the bliss that you that you so much desire? Often, the right path doesn't immediately seem like the right path. It could be the one that challenges you. And, in fact, you want to choose the one that challenges you. You want to choose the one that's going to push you right to the limits of who you are right. and what you can accomplish. And it might even push you right over the, the line, sometimes to a moment where your palms sweat and you think, ah, oh, there's no way I can do this, or your ego screams at you. Who do you think you are? Right. I love when that happens. Yes. So how do How you know is because it aligns with your values, it fulfills your passions, and it challenges you. Now, you may have a total emotional breakdown when you think about this thing that challenges you, Challenges you, but that really is a good sign that you're in the right direction. And you may feel completely lost and stumped on what comes next, but if you're having an emotional breakdown because of it, you know all your emotions are coming up, that's a really good sign, that it won't be ordinary and it won't be mediocre because the path out of feeling stuck Finding your purpose in life and finding your bliss is the path that challenge you, challenges you the most.
0: Right. I like that. I, I like that because, you know, a lot of times people think that bliss is just going to be all happy-go-lucky, hunky-dory. It's going to be easy, smooth sailings. I won't have any speed bumps or hurdles to jump over. And if it's truly blissful, it should be that way. But that's not that's not the case. That is definitely not the case. That's the easy road. Yes. The easy glyph, <laughs> yeah, and, and I take I, our easy glyphs, Don't get me wrong, right? You know, I mean, it, it it would be nice, but is it realistic? No. Um. Do we really want things to be really, really easy for us? No, because yeah. we'd get yeah. bored, and then we'd find some other, pos um, negative aspect of why wow, this yeah. is too easy or whatever. But um, yeah. truly. It's nice that you explain that, you know, bliss is not necessarily the easiest thing, but it's the right thing. And you feel that, you feel that, you know, it's, um, like, you know, when I first started running again, I, I was a track and field runner from the time I was 10 years old through college and, um, and then, you know, ran to keep, you know, my body fit and things of that nature. But it got to a point of being a nurse and walking on concrete for many years. And, you know, it doesn't, it does, it does take toll on your body. Back, lower back, legs, all that stuff. So I got to the point where I couldn't run because my feet just hurt, just hurt. You know, no matter what kind of shoes I got, it it just hurt. And I had to give up the love of running. But then I thought, well, how am I going to stay physically fit? But lo and behold, it was a journey that I needed to take because basically what I needed to do was take better care of my whole being, mind, body, spirit, Mm -hmm. not just body, so fast forward, I'm back to running. And when I first started running, it was like, Oh my God, I couldn't even run for five minutes, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. I kept persevering, kept pursuing, kept doing it because I knew that when I ran, I felt blissfully. After I ran, I felt just, just, just full of energy and vibrant and happy and peaceful and joyful and loving and all those good, 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 good wholesome emotions that we want to experience. And, um, if i would have given up because it was a little challenging when i got to the 5 mark, you know, 5 minute mark and not continue on, then i would have been down on myself and i wouldn't have been fulfilling, you know, my path to bliss, which is continue running, Rochelle. It'll get better, it'll get easier, it'll get, you know, and my feet it does. they don't hurt. It, it i don't know what happened or what i've done or you know, but it's for me, it's like being at the right place, the right time doing the right thing, and maybe I needed to take that break to allow me to get connected with my mind, body, and spirit so that I could be blissful on my runs now and not experience the discomfort that I once had because I wasn't in the right state
1: yeah, and for me when you're when you're looking at easy blissfulness, that probably is the moment where you want to take take a moment to say thank you and be in that space of gratitude in that blissful moment, to say thank you. But on the other moments where you want to challenge yourself, that's where you're experiencing growth, which I think we all want to experience growth. It doesn't have to be knock me over the head until I'm out cold for a couple of years.
0: Right. But
1: in those moments of growth, we also experience bliss. So there are two different kinds of bliss, the easy bliss where you say thank you. Yes. And the challenging bliss where you're ready to grow.
0: I love that. I I think that is just absolutely Beautifully well spoken from the lady with the French name. <laughs> now, are you are you French? Are you are do you are you French? Oui. Oh, was oui. oh. Mademoiselle. <laughs>
1: I don't speak a word of French. You know, I I really, if I had any regret in life, that would probably be it. I never took the time to learn the language. My grandmother spoke to me in fluent French. Uh-huh. I never understood a word of it. But could only read her animated expressions. That's right. how I knew what she was saying. Right. And uh, looking back, I, I I wish that I had studied the language.
0: Oh yeah, I I, I can relate. I totally can relate to uh, you know being Sicilian and, and African American, and and having someone speak to you all the time, and then. Not having that being spoken to you, um, Mm -hmm. becomes quite interesting. So when I speak Italian, which I don't really speak, um, it kind of melds in with the Spanish. (laughs) <laughs> so it mm-hmm. becomes more Italian. Mm-hmm, yeah. Your own language. Yes, I, I've just created my own thing, but that's you know that's what I do. I just kick the door down and just make <laughs> my own path. That's just just the way that I live my life because I'm I'm a blissful living lady. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you'll find people would just nod nod at you like they know what you're saying even though they don't have a clue. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, the last question I want to ask you, um, because we are coming short up on our time, and I could talk to you forever. It's just a beautiful conversation we're having. Is when you feel like something's missing in life, why do you often? Why Why do we often say it's it's me that's missing or it's you that's missing? Can you Can you explain that a little bit to us?
1: Yeah. yeah, when when you're looking for what's missing in life, I, I ran to a friend of mine who's a realtor who said to me, I just can't seem to get what I want in life, if only this would happen or that would happen. And I told her, there's nothing that, you, you don't need to get money on the table or the right client on the table, what's missing from the table is you. Hey. You're the one that's missing. Yeah, um, and we yep. often look outside ourselves to fill ourselves up. Hey. So it's really an energy question or an energy answer. Right. When we can use our most natural energy to resonate with what we want to create so that it moves toward us, Uh that's that moment of bliss. So the question is, what is our most natural energy? We were all born with a natural positive energy. It may have a different name. For me, it might be enthusiasm. For you, it might be exhilaration.
0: But people
1: will often ask me, how do I know what that natural positive energy is? I don't even know. I can't see it, just like they can't see their own purpose. Right. So, what you do is you think back to your most successful time in life, maybe it was last year, maybe it was yesterday, and see if you can identify your own natural positive energy or emotion that brought about that success. It might have been that you were uh, sunny, you know, like bright and sunny, shiny, uh-huh. uh, that you were trusting, that you were animated, but whatever it was, write down that emotion and then write down three synonyms that also describe that emotion. So, as an example, if your most natural emotion was enthusiasm, then your three synonyms might be uh brightness, hopefulness, uh or a buoyancy right uh or your natural positive energy could be uh stable, confident, maybe an air of certainty, or maybe your natural energy is to be smoked and hot, maybe feisty and spunky, but whatever it is, it comes very naturally to you, mhm and so you can use that natural energy to resonate with with what it is that you want to create because that thing you want to create also has an energy and it's waiting to resonate with you so it can move toward you
0: i like that and 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 with that i'm i'm just going to have to say i'm going to have to have you back um we are running up <laughs> on our our time and um And so I want to thank you so much, Ramey, for being a guest. And I want you to tell people how they can get more of you, how they can get in contact with you.
1: Well, the most common question I get is, how do I get unstuck? And so if you go to the getunstuckrevolution.com, there's a little free download there, my six best tips for how to get unstuck and start living blissfully.
0: I like that. So repeat that one more time, Ramey. I want everybody to pay attention and listen and go go to the site.
1: It's thegetunstuckrevolution.com. dot the com. dot com.
0: I love it, love it, love it, love it, love you, ramy Thank you so much for being Thank a guest on the fun. show today. You totally flit in, flit in. You told I'm creating my new lang my own language. You know, as we go, <laughs> it's all positive. <laughs> no one will understand it, but it's I'm, I'm telling you, it's positive. Um, but thank you so much. It's been a honor, um, to have you. You've been a gift to all of us and to all of us listening. And, um, and we will definitely, me and all my five other personalities will definitely have you back <laughs> as a guest because I know we could talk for so much longer about just, just what we've been talking about. So as I'm going to say thank you, I'm also going to say thank you to the listeners. Um, without you, our show would not be as blissful as it is and I would not be able to attract as many blissful living guests as I've been able to do for you. Um so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I like to wish you all much health and wellness. As I like to say and close with, I my intention is to bring peace to your mind, wellness to your body and tranquility to your spirit. I am Rochelle Lawson. You are listening to Blissful Living. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye and have a fabulously blissful day. Take care and thank you again, Ramey. Bye. Thank you.
1: You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com.